Welcome to the Lighthouse Experiment, a Freedom Center Church podcast. Okay, welcome back to the Lighthouse Experiment Podcast. I'm Chaplain Jim Parkin. Tonight we have a guest with us, also from MMR, correct? I can edit that. You're from you work at MMR yes. too, right? And yep. then uh yes, Lisa I do. Simmons. So welcome to the show. I appreciate you coming on. Um Thank you. So welcome. And you were which division do you work in? Saginaw. Oh, okay. Okay. I've been getting pulled up there lately. Well, to Birch Run. I don't get any Saginaw <laughs> calls. They just have me come up there and then... And cover Birch Run. And then Center Genesee County pulls us right back again because we're always at critical status down here. Do you work, like, out of the Clio base or...? I work out of uh, Mount Morris out of 92. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, usually we pull from Clio first, but... Yeah. It's been pretty busy the south end of the county lately, so... <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, it's well, so I was at just a little about me. I was at Swartz down here in Genesee County for 18 years. Okay. And just I I could explain what happened, but I don't want to disparage their good name. So I just I think it like while we get into the topic of mental health, I think it had a lot to do with that. I think I had mm-hmm. I had been always there. And had started to believe that I could only ever be a medic at Swartz and I could never leave. And it was just a little toxic. So then one day, like, honestly, one too many dialysis transfers. And I was like, this is, I gotta, I gotta escape this mess and just see new things. I I can understand that. Saginaw is a beast unto its own. So mm-hmm. <laughs> it's pretty easy to get burned out there. Yeah. No, it's wild though. So my partner and I were, we were partners at Swartz and we came together and are so mm-hmm. used to doing transfers that every single time something comes up and they'll be like, Hey, like today we have a dude up in covenant and we need to get him down to Hurley. And we're like, we're your guys. Okay. We'll do it. Or we need to have somebody at St. Mary's once to go down to U of M. And we're like, Oh yes. Yes. We'll yeah. Take it. You know, and a it lot happens. of guys up here don't want to do any of that. No, no, no. Well, all right. And you are, you said you're a supervisor, medic supervisor up there? I am. Yep. I am an alternate suit. So, I mean, I'm on the road. Oh, okay. I'm not, I'm not a full-time suit. Cool. And how long have you been a medic or EMS in general? Uh, EMS in general, almost 10 years. I've been a medic for full, four almost four years. Yeah. So, and I've only been with MMR. Okay. So did you do um, like your training and all that through MMR? I did. I did. Yep. EMT medic, everything right through MMR. Right on. So I, I had good experiences. I don't know. I like MMR. Me too. Me too. And I would talk back in the day so much smack when they first came to town. I was like, there is no way ever, not ever, that I will go there. 
And they would say, well, we're yeah. going to pretty much take over your county. I'm like, no, you won't. And then, yeah. then all of a sudden, here I am. But, you know. Yeah, so I've been, I was in the military, got out of the Army. That was a hard, that's a whole another podcast topic. But it was a hard transition mm-hmm. to go back from soldier to civilian. And then kind of in the midst of that, I had a several jobs that just weren't, what I was cut out to be, which is in some type of service to somebody. So joined a fire department, our local like on-call department. And through that, got into EMT. And as soon as I got into that medical stuff, man, I was hooked. And then even yeah. more so, as soon as I got on the road in an ambulance, hooked. And just, so I've been since, well, I'm in my 19th year. And like, I think 15 or 16 as a medic. Okay. It's been fun. So, so yeah, just feel free to tell us, tell the listeners your story, kind of, you know, we're really focusing in on mental health, obviously at, at MMR. That's a big focus Uh for some of us, but you know, so yeah, just feel free to share away. Um, for the longest time at MMR, I don't really think that it was, um, as much of a deal as it is in other places. I think that it was just kind of something that, um, I don't think it was that they didn't necessarily think about it, but they didn't think about it. Right. Um, and then I've kind of, me and a few other people have really been pushing it pretty hard over the last almost year, um, especially after what I went through. And, um, so yeah, that's kind of just like where it started. Um, so last year, on the 30th of October, um, I was on night shift and my partner and I had to take a vent transfer, uh, down to a rehab in Detroit and transfer was uneventful. Probably one of the easiest vent transfers I'd had in a while. The guy was stable, like no issues. He was just going for rehab. Mm -hmm. Um, so it was almost like quarter to two in the morning and we are on our way back and we are on, um, obviously northbound 75 near Holly. Mm -hmm. And, um, out of nowhere, there was all of a sudden this something that was beside me, like in front of our ambulance. And I swerved, thinking in my mind that it was a deer and was not a deer. It was a man um, who found out later it was he committed suicide by jumping in front of our ambulance. Um, At first, like my partner and I were just like, holy crap, what was that? What, you know, what, what happened? What happened? We didn't really... I don't know if it was like your mind saying, no, that's not what you saw. And it tries to tell you something else. I'm not too sure. Um, but I called our operations manager and he called 911. Our, my partner called 911 and I called our ops manager. And um, I, was, I remember Matt saying to me, like, where are you? And I'm like, I don't know. Because I was just so 
Yeah. Like, I mean, I could drive that stretch of 75 to Detroit blindfolded. Right. And I was just like, I don't know. I don't know where I'm at. Um, and then he sent, uh, actually the Genesee County soup to us because obviously he's closer mm-hmm. and he started heading our way as well. Our operations manager who happened to be supervisor on duty that night. Um, we didn't know for sure that it was a person. Um, when we called, it was actually Oakland County 911 that we got. Right. Um, and she said, uh, we're like, we don't know if it's a person. We don't know if it was an accident. We don't know whatever happened. Like it was unintentional. Cause honestly, what both of us thought is that someone like ran up from the side and like hit our ambulance with something mm-hmm. was like almost what it was like. Um, and she's like, whatever you do, don't get out of the, don't get out of your ambulance, lock your doors, don't get out whatever don't go back and so we didn't um it seemed like forever i honestly don't know how many minutes it was but it seemed like it was at least it was probably five minutes but it felt like 25 minutes that uh, people start showing up um obviously i mean it's quarter to two in the morning so it's not like there's a ton on duty anyways um but it wasn't until uh, I don't remember if it was, I think fire, fire rescue showed up first. Like independence um, or something like that, probably. It was, um, or no, like North Oakland. Davis, Davis, Davisburg. Yep. yep. Yeah. Davisburg. Um, I, I'm pretty sure that they were first on scene, but they didn't come and talk to us right away. And I think MSP showed up like right after and they were back there for like i said what seemed like forever and my partner and i are just like oh like what's going on what's going on what's going on you know and it wasn't until they came up to the ambulance and um he was like you know are you guys okay i mean like they were they were so nice they were so so nice um and i i don't remember what i asked him but basically it was like did I hit somebody or like, was it, was it a person or was it a deer? Or I said something like that. I honestly don't remember what I said. Mm -hmm. Um, and he was like, no, you, you hit a man. And I just like, that was, that was it. Yeah. Well, I mean, like (laughs) I, I would hope that would be, you know, like it's a different conversation if it's not just devastating. Right. Yeah, I, um, exactly. Yeah. You'd think there was definitely something wrong with me. Um, I, they made a stand scene. Um, we were, they called the crash team in like so much, um, so much stuff happened. Um, they sent, uh, an ambulance to come and see us. And if we wanted to get checked out and um, we're like, no, no, no. You know, and the medic was a really nice guy. I don't remember what his name was, but he was like, are you okay? Like, can I do anything for you? You know, whatever. And 
I was just like, I, I like, I don't even know what to say. Like I basically, I, honestly, I don't even remember like saying a whole lot. Cause what can you say? Right. I think I was just like, Holy crap. You know, I didn't really know, like, I don't know. And I don't, I remember, but I don't really remember like what was going through my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not gonna, I don't really want to bash anyone, but it was star EMS that was there. And, um, they proceeded after they left us. Cause we were like, no, we're fine. We don't want to be looked at, you know? Um, they proceeded to tell some of their friends from MMR in Genesee County. And it like got all the way back up to Saginaw before we even left the scene. So, um, and on top of that, there was also some other transfers. There was also some other Saginaw crews that like went past and like saw us obviously on the other side of the road and they were like, what's going on, you know? Um, but they made a stay on scene while they did their investigation. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I was like PBT'd and, you know, everything. Like you, really? you name it. They did it. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, he's like, I'm really sorry that I have to do this. And I was like, no, I get it. It's, it's okay. Well, I mean, you know? Yeah. But... Um, so yeah. And they, we are on scene for probably close to four hours before they let us leave. Did they separate um, you guys? No. Oh, okay. No, I, um, they came up like there was, they separated as like one came up to me and one came up to my partner, Zach. Okay. Um, but no, they never like separated us, separated us. Like what happened or, right. you know, it, th- there was no like interrogation or anything like that. Oh, yeah. Um, they just talked to us. Like they came up to get our, um, like ID driver's license, whatever, and all the truck information and, you know, whatever kind of stuff, right. but no, they never like interrogated us kind of thing. I, at least not that I remember. Um, but I don't remember like ever being separated from Zach. So, but, um, and then we, they, they told us a few things. Um, first of all, he had no ID on him. Um, and they had obviously no idea who he was. Um, they actually had to bring a fingerprint scanner to try to ID him because he had nothing on him, um, dressed in all dark clothing. And he actually went as far as to um, right before uh, Radley Lake Road mm-hmm. on what would be the east side of the road. Right. There's It's a little swampy through there. And there's cattails. This is like just north of that rest stop that's right there. Yeah. And um, he went as far as to uh, like cut cattails down and like stick them in his clothing so that we couldn't see him. Like so that no one would see him. Yeah. So he had a, he would, he had a plan for sure. Yeah. He, yeah. Yeah. He had a plan. Um, well, we found out later is that his wife had filed for divorce and that um, he was missing he, ever since when he had been served, he disappeared. I don't know how long he had been missing. Um, and they told us eventually 
like a month after the fact that they did find a note in his car. Um, they found his car like a mile and a half ish away from the scene um, to the South. I believe it was. Um, so he drove there with in- intent. You know what I mean? Um, car was in perfect working order. Keys were in it full of gas, you know, so there was no reason for him to be on the side of the road kind of thing. Um, so yeah. Um, and hearing all that, it didn't make it better. Right. You know, um, in my mind, it made it worse that, uh, then you, then you knew right. that it was intentional. Um, I never really had a feeling about other people and suicide one way or another. Um, until this. <laughs> right. Um, I guess in my mind, I've always felt it to be kind of selfish. Um, Cause you might be taking your own pain away, but you're just putting it on somebody else. Right. But then you do something like this and you bring an innocent person into it. And I just firmly believe that that's about as evil as you can possibly be. Oh well, yeah. I mean, that's like in my career, I've been like twice now I've witnessed like where, like we were called for a whatever, whatever age, whoever, you know, police are on or whatever, no need to stage. Mm-hmm. And, well, first time I got around the corner and the dude was in his car and the officer's kind of waving me in, right? Like, so I just figured, well, he's, it's all good or he's already done what he was intending to do. Yeah. First time I walked around the corner of this building and a guy actually clacked off around into his head while I'm walking uh, up to him. That was like, that's a <laughs> long time ago. And, but like, and then there's a, a second time was pretty much the same thing. And it's just, it's, I don't under, I don't know why I always have to be like showing up to these suicide calls and witness it and stuff like that. But yeah, it's, that is a, it's, it's interesting. Cause I think it was on one of the episodes with Eric like I've never been there myself, but for some reason I can get into my, I can understand in my head what drives someone to that level of hopelessness. But I also, I agree with you. That's, that's, you know, it's a different level. That's something to bring in all that many people into, you know, cause it's not, it's like not only that man's family, but now it's you and your partner you know, mm-hmm. at the base level, but then yeah. also then it's MMR and it's, you know, it just keeps going up the, going up the chain, yeah. you know, so, and like, or it could have been, you know, it could have been, if it wasn't you guys, it was going to be somebody. Right. And I don't know that it was intentional per se that oh my god here's mmr because i highly doubt that i just think that i mean if you see our trucks in the dark with all the cab lights on it just looks like a box truck Mm -hmm. you know um and so i think that for him it was just the most available right situation um 
you know, I don't, I don't think it was intentional in that aspect, but regardless, if it was me, if it was a FedEx truck, if it was an Amazon truck, if it was a, a, you know, UPS truck, a delivery truck of some sort, it doesn't matter. Like there's still an innocent person that's driving that truck. Mm -hmm. And, you know, MSP told me, um, they were like, well, it's actually quite common. And he said, they actually call it like suicide by truck. I was like, uh, I mean, I guess, I guess I understand, but can be that common. Wow. Man. I'm just first heard that just this second. <laughs> you know I mean? Uh, I mean, yeah, I like, like I had, never well, heard after like there was, um, I don't know, maybe like a week later or something, I Googled it and it talks about it being um, more so like semi truck drivers or um, like trains or fire trucks, like that kind of stuff. Um, Yeah, I've never, I don't think that I'd ever outwardly heard of it myself either. I mean, to me, that's, I don't know. Like I said, I, I, can understand the depression. I can understand um, being in that dark place. Like I get that. I can, I can understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just don't understand what he did. And I don't think I ever will. Right. So, um, so in the days following, um, I think, like MMR was great. My um, upper management, Lori, Eric, Matt, um, they were, and it was, if not all of them, at least one of them were in contact with Zach, Zach and myself every day. Um, and it was, do you need anything? Can we do anything for you? Like I, you know, they, like they did what they could. Right. Um, Unfortunately, there was no plan in place for something like this, but who, who, who would, who would have a plan in place for something like that? Because why, if I have to think about something happening to one of our crews, like that's the last thing that I'm going to think about. Yeah. Especially in this day and age. Right. Ever. Yeah. I mean, um, I would think that I, they'd be, you know, held at gunpoint to steal their drug box before I'd think of something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that they did what they could, you know, in that aspect, I think they were just as shocked as the rest of us. And I rightfully so because mm-hmm. who, how, what, like, you know, there's no way to prepare yourself for something like that. Um, right. Well, I mean, that's, Exactly. That's nothing that you'd be, there's not going to be a contingency for man no, exactly. of truck, truck. No. Um, so my struggle began. Um, I, I remember going home that morning because my daughter came and picked me up and I live like 20 minutes away from Saginaw. So it's not that far. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was no way that I was going to drive. Uh, so she came and picked me up, brought me home. And from the time I walked in the door until later on that afternoon, I lost time. Like I don't, um, 
I don't know what happened in between the time I got home until later on in the afternoon. I just zoned right out. Um, apparently there was some discussion of maybe we need to take mom to the hospital because we think she's in shock and pretty much that that's what it was. Mm-hmm. I think it all just kind of like started hitting. Um, the next thing that I remember is that Eric had called um, and I did call him back and him and I talked for a little bit and that was um, still on, that would have been Saturday. Um, by Monday, uh, I started Monday morning, um, basically just like pulling everything up on my phone, any mental health providers, whatever in the area. I mean, I live right in between Saginaw Bay City and Midland, so I should have been able to find somebody. Um, of the 18 places that I called, uh, 75% of them were not accepting new patients um, at all. The other 25% um, said, well, yeah, we are, but not until the beginning of December or not until the first of the year. Um, and I'm like, I can't wait that long. Like you don't understand. And it was always, well, go to the hospital, go to the hospital. No, like, I don't think you understand. Like I'm not suicidal. I just feel like I'm losing my mind, but I'm not suicidal. Like I don't want to hurt myself. I don't belong in crisis. Um, but that was their, you know, thing for everyone. Um, so my son-in-law is a social worker and he works for a counseling group in Bay City. Um, I made the mistake of thinking that they only dealt with children and families because that's what he does. That's his specialty. Um, I finally, my, I, I don't, I don't remember if I called her, or if she called me, but I talked to my daughter and she said, you know, let me talk to Connor and see if we can figure something out. Um, so lo and behold, um, and Connor was able to, he talked to his boss and they were able to get me in with one of the counselors that they have there who specializes in trauma. Um, and she also, uh, works with Bay County, um, 911 and handles, um, like their critical incident type stuff. Um, so I was able to get in to see her. She called me, uh, like the very next day and said, I have an opening on Thursday and I was like, okay, that's fine. And then she called me back like an hour later and said, Hey, I just had a cancellation. Do you want to come on Wednesday? And I was like, yes. Um, so I went and saw her for the first time on Wednesday and she has been my saving grace, honestly. Um, I went through some pretty extensive um, EMDR therapy um, the first couple weeks. And then after that, um, we kind of settled into like a weekly. And then um, I think I did that for a few weeks and then it went to like every two weeks. And now we're like, three weeks, four weeks kind of thing. Um, 
but the one year anniversary is coming up here soon. Right. So, um, but yeah, she has been my saving grace. Um, initially other than the, like not sleeping, like I wasn't really exhibiting a lot of signs of PTSD initially. Right. Um, I think she had called it kind of like, uh, an adjustment disorder kind of thing that something like this happens and you don't know how to deal with it. You know, um, then the nightmare started, then the flashbacks started, then the, when I had to go back to work, then the hypervigilance started with driving, um, the anger some days is just like, uh, you know, I have no patience for anything kind of thing. Um, so then as all of that started happening within like a couple weeks, like after <clears throat> I was only off work for two weeks and, um, I went back, a part of me didn't want to go back. Understandable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another part of me didn't want to go back that soon, but I also kind of felt like if you don't go back now, like you're never going to go back. Right. Um, so that was, you know, kind of my push to like, just do it. And if you can't, um, then, you know, and we went back, uh, kind of like at the end of our, uh, week two. So we only actually worked like two days and then we were off for our weekend. Um, so then, you know, four days later, we're back for our full rotation. Right. And it was an awful two weeks. I had some of the cruddiest calls that I've had in a while to then, um, end that two week time span with a pediatric arrest of an 11 year old that we worked in front of a Christmas tree. I was like, can this get any worse? <laughs> you know? Right. Um, so yeah, I, as, um, the counseling continued and like some of the symptoms just started coming. Cause then it kind of like her and I talked about it and she said, you know, I initially, she said, I don't like to just slam that PTSD on someone. Um, She's like, but this is 100% like what we're dealing with. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I mean, it's definitely like also too, I think, and I'm a big kind of, I, I talk about this with people a lot, but all of us have also just come out, you know, we're just in the tail end or coming out of a, of a pandemic that, like, I don't know about you, but when I got an EMS, you know, global pandemic was not ever something that I anticipated. No. So I, I, I believe that all of us, at, to some degree, have some post-traumatic stress just from that. So you take that, those little hidden, that yeah. I don't even think we know fully. Like, I can tell you, looking back, especially after leaving one company and coming to MMR. And I can look back and see, okay, this is where I started to check out. And I would just do the thing. I would come home at night, go through all the 
home protocols that we had established to keep my family safe. And then I would just check out for the night, you know, and it'd just be Mm -hmm. over and over and over. So like you have to, you guys had that somewhere in there too. And then to have this, have that, that situation with the, you know, with the guy on the freeway, that's just piling on stuff that's, that's already there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, like I've had my share of crappy calls. Um, you know, I, as I think any provider who's been doing this long enough has, I mean, and then you put us in a high volume, you know, urban area such as Saginaw. Um, I mean, I've had bad, bad things. Um, but they never really, I don't want to say that they didn't bother me, but it was kind of more like, yeah, maybe I'm going to rearrange my schedule and just take a couple of days off kind of thing and just regroup right. and, you know, and I'm fine. Um, and that was usually what I did. If I had something or I had a run of really bad calls or whatever, and I just needed to take a couple of days off, like that was just what I did. And I came back and I was fine, or at least I thought I was fine. Um, this has definitely made me not fine. Right. Um, I like, it wasn't really like broadcasted. Um, and I don't, it's not because I like, don't want anyone to know, but I don't want to listen to like the gossiping. I don't want to listen to the rumors about it. I don't want to, uh, because regardless, like people do, that's just Mm -hmm. what people do. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to, I don't want to hear it because then I'm just going to look at someone and just say, you know, how would you feel if that was you? Like, could have just as easily been you or you or you, you know, could have been any Um, of us. Could have been any of us. Like, honestly. Yep. Um, I don't know. Just, I think that sometimes other people don't really like look at it like that. I think it's just like whatever the flavor of the day is kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I think people like did what they could once more people started to find out. Um, there were a lot of people that shut like the rumors down or, you know, whatever, like just set things straight. Like, no, this is not what happened. This is what happened. Um, Cause I mean, they were pretty bad. Um, so I'm not really, I think initially I was just like, I just don't even want to talk about it kind of thing. Right. Um, I was like, what do you say? I don't, I still, um, every now and again, like you hear someone talking about it and it's usually a new class that's come in. Cause I don't know who has decided that we're going to tell this new class about it or how this happened, but we had just had this huge EMT Academy come through and every single one of them knew about it, but they didn't know that it was me. And so one day they were talking about it and I'm sitting right there and I was like, okay, we're just gonna see how this rolls. And I said, Hey guys, um, you know what you guys are talking about, right? The the accident last October. And they're like, yeah. And I said, that was me. 
and it was just like you know <laughs> jaw hit the table mm-hmm. um and they were like oh my god we didn't know you know i know i know you didn't know but stop like please just stop right. like i don't it's hard enough to come to work every day um it's hard enough to even just get in my own vehicle and drive and there have been times that I've had to like literally stop along the side of the road and like talk myself into continuing to go to work because something happened on the highway or um, just something so simple as like catching something out of your peripheral, right? a bag, a trash bag. I mean, just something dumb that just all of a sudden there's a shadow there and it will just scare you to like no end. Um, I don't like driving at night anymore. I don't like fog because it was foggy that night. Um, I don't like driving in the right lane because that's what I was doing. Um, that's, that's my high anxiety is like the driving aspect of it, but that's what we do all day Mm -hmm. long. Um, so yeah, that's so I've had to kind of shut that down a couple of times. And usually it takes once or twice, and then they're like, okay, we're just not gonna talk about this anymore. Right. Yeah, pass the word on, please shut up. <laughs> you know? yeah, I mean, yeah. Like do they date it? Are they teaching it in a driver's training or something? I don't know. I'm not one hundred percent. I just had that. Well, no, I mean by I just had it the other day, which means in May. I had that and I don't, I don't remember. I remember talking yeah. about, I don't even remember, but they, you know, they obviously they tell stories, but yeah. So I don't know if it was something like that. Um, like the road safety class. I don't know if it was the actual class itself. I kind of almost want to ask and just say, Hey, um, can you not? Yeah. Like, I I just don't want to. I mean, it's bad enough that every now and again, um, you know, someone's like, "Oh my god!" Like, I'm just done with this day. Like, someone just run me over, and I and I'll be sitting right there, and there will be people that are like, "Shut up! Shut up! Shut up!" You know, what? Stop saying that. Um, and I just usually kind of look at them. Sometimes I just get up and leave the room, um, because it's sometimes a lot of the things that were joked about before, like they're just not funny to me anymore. Right. Well, you know, it makes sense. Yeah. It's just like, no, I don't want to hear this. So I don't know. I'm really hoping that this mental health task force is heading in the right direction. Cause I think that it's something that we've ignored for far too long. Um, I'm thankful. And this is going to sound stupid um there were other people that were on duty that night that have had um a rough couple of years from you know just being in the medic program and going through some substantial losses in their in their lives um parents dying etc um, and have had their own struggles with anxiety or depression. Um, and I'm thankful that it was me, that it right. wasn't them. Um, 
because I have to wonder if it had been one of them. Um, you know, I'm fearful of what would have happened. Right. Um, do they have the support system that I have? Do they have the connections that I had? Um, the ability, the good insurance. Right. You know, I, I mean, when you have Blue Cross Blue Shield, you can walk in anywhere. They'll take you. Oh, yeah. You know, that's guaranteed money. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and my husband's insurance has wonderful, like, mental health coverage. Um, so for as dumb as it sounds, I am thankful that it was me. Um, and that it wasn't one of the literal kids, you know, that was on duty that night that it, and it, um, I'm thankful that I was able to keep control of the ambulance because not only was it my partner and I, um, we had a student, we had an EMT student with us, um, and like I said, we were on our way back from Detroit. It was the middle of the night. Like he was passed out in the back. He was sleeping. He didn't know any of this until we came to a screeching halt. Um, and I could have very easily have lost control, went in the ditch, you know, rolled the ambulance. I mean, you name it, I could have done mm-hmm. it. And, you know, I think about that as well. Um, so, I mean, there are things that, I'm thankful for, I guess. Um, my situation has kind of become the guinea pig for anything else that's happened since. Right. Um, and I think that's, I, you know, I've looked at Eric and said, you know, um, I don't think anyone wants to be the guinea pig, but if that's what had to happen so right. that, you know, things change and we can um, make a positive change and make things happen for the better, then so be it. Right. Um, You know, there were people in the past who had had uh, bad calls with our, like our old EAP plan. um, And they went to see, um, these providers and after one or two sessions, the providers actually looked at him and said, I don't know what to do with you. Like, I don't know how to help you. And that's, that's a huge problem throughout. Yeah. You know, like there's a, another group of guys that I stay connected with and they do a podcast and they were telling us, they had a medic on and he was, that was the whole point of the show. He was talking about that. You go to these, like we have these EAPs and you go to these docs and stuff and they're one super young two, you know, they, they've been doing their training to get into that position mm-hmm. and they have just no idea. And this guy, he was talking about, he goes into this doc and he's like, this is what happened. I go on this call and this, and it was like the most heinous thing you can imagine. And she was like, that's what you guys see. Like, I don't <laughs> like, I can't, I can't talk to you. Right. You know? So it's, and you can't like, you can't make this stuff up either. I don't know why they'd even question that. Right. And it's, so it's important, you know, I love what they're doing, you know, and I, I love, I also, as bad as we need this mental health task force just to be up and running, 
I also love the pace that it's going. So it's done correctly. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. It's. Yep. And like everyone's involved in it. Everyone has a say in, in what's being said or done or decisions that are being made. Um, I think we're definitely on the right path. Right. Um, I'm, I'm really hoping that eventually we can like get everyone together. Cause I think it would be great for all of us to go to um, some of these seminars and conferences, whatever um, to do that, like together as a group so we can like come together and hopefully, I don't know, like come up with a plan. I think it's just hard because each division were the same, but each division is a little different. Right. Um, as far as like how things are run or clientele or, you know, I mean, like Lansing, for instance, that they pretty much only do transfers kind of thing. Right. Um, you know, just like that kind of stuff and how the, the difference and like how the divisions are run. But I, I went to a mental health an EMS mental health conference um, uh, back in June. It was in Harris over by Escanaba. Oh, okay. Um, and it was two days and it was phenomenal. Like they were, they were great. Um, there was a lady there who's from Ohio and she is, uh, like a behavioral specialist, um, handles like their peer support groups, um, anything, uh, like critical incident type stuff. And she was talking about how they actually go like to the scene. Like if they have, um, a fatal fire or like something to that effect, how they go like right to the scene and they do all this stuff. Um, she was great to listen to. And then that, uh, medic that's from Canada, um, what's he like Dan son or whatever his name's Dan. Oh yeah. The, uh, the artist, the artist. Oh yeah. He was there. I actually met him, um, talked to him for a little bit. Nice guy, just like, really down to earth. Um, but as a speaker, like he was phenomenal talking about PTSD and mental health and just everything. You just kind of sit there and you're like, yeah, yeah. Oh, right. like what else, what else do you say? But he was phenomenal. Um, it would be great to be able to go see him again, but it would also be great to get everyone to go. Mm-hmm. I think that At just to kind of bring us together, together. for like a face to face like meeting yeah you're like yeah. get us in the same but, room yeah because i have a, lots of stuff that i'm like dreaming and scheming about and working on and it's just <laughs> it's just i need to meet with Lori, right right and she she wants to meet and go over some of this stuff and like she's gonna be on the schedule to come on the show here you know it's just like i Good. really i like the idea of this being a platform for people to come on and and share because i think the more we yeah. hear about it the more it's just just common talk you know like like recently i had a call and i was telling my coworkers down here in genesee that one really messed me up man and they're like wait a minute dude you've been doing this forever like you've seen so mm-hmm. many things and I'm like yep mm-hmm. and this time this thing but you're still a human being right and it's it was pretty cool because then they started talking about recent things they'd been 
they had been dealing with and stuff. So it was like giving, almost like giving them permission to offload some of this stuff. You know, Mm -hmm. I just like, if it's the only legacy I leave EMS, I want it to be to where people, it's just open discussion, just offloading some of the stuff. You know, I think that what I've seen recently is in, or in the past few years is people, they don't want to say anything to me because they think my 18 years of doing this job diminishes whatever it is they're going through. I I would Mm -hmm. not want anyone to ever feel that way. You know what I mean? Like, well, I've only been doing this. So I really, I shouldn't go to gym and say that I'm struggling. I'm like, no, 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 you should. Right. You know, I think that's the biggest thing as well. Like with me, like I find, um, I think I've always kind of paid attention to people after bad calls, but I feel like now the feelers are, are really up. Mm -hmm. Um, and I make sure now that regardless of the situation, regardless of who they are, regardless if we get along or not, I always reach out to them. I send them a message like, Hey, I'm here. Um, I'm sorry this happened. If you need to talk, like, please come to me. I, or talk to someone. If you don't talk to me, talk to someone. Um, because I just think that that's a huge issue. Um, and you're right, the stigma. And I think when I first started 10 years ago, I mean, I've heard that. I've actually heard people say, oh, suck it up. Don't be such a sissy. Don't be this. Don't be that. You know, that I've heard, especially guys. Um, and it's like, no, like that, it just, it has to stop. It has to end. And, um, people shouldn't be afraid to come and talk to you. I mean, I, there've been times that I've been in the office and I've had some of the younger, the younger group, I call them, um, come in and they're like, I'm so glad you're here. And they close the door. I'm like, Oh, Oh no. (laughs) (laughs) What's wrong? what's wrong? Um, and they just like literally break down, you know, and it's like this or it's that, or this is going on at home or medic class or this or that. And, and I'm just so stressed and I need a break and I don't know what to do. And, you know, first sit down and take a deep breath. First of all, um, you know, it's going to be okay. And we work on it from there, but I don't think that people shouldn't have to wait for, someone to be there, someone that they feel comfortable with or whatever, like they should be able to talk to any of us. It should never be an issue, but you know, they've actually said, well, I don't want anyone to tease me or I don't want anyone to roll their eyes at me or blow me off or whatever. And it's like, God, right. you know, <laughs> um, like after I came back to work and the, the truck that I was in that night, um, after it went back in service and, uh, there was one time I was helping the soup in the office that day, pull trucks in, um, and they like handed me the keys. They handed me a couple sets of keys and one set was one truck and my other hand was that truck. And I was like, no, and I like handed the keys back. They're like, it's just a truck. Not to me. Right. Like, not to me. I, I like, I go anywhere near that truck and I literally could vomit. 
I like get the heebie-jeebies, like hair on the back of my neck stands up. Like I literally, I was so glad when they actually took it out of Saginaw and sent it out to one of the outlying, um, in the County, one of the outlying stations. Cause then I don't have to look at it every day. Right. Cause it's just like, and you know, there are people like, well, that's kind of dumb. Like, no, it's not like it, it's not, it's like a constant reminder to just, yeah. no, I don't want to see it. I don't, I, went into I don't ever want to see dumb, that. Trip. You know what I mean? That's right. Well, and that's exactly it. It's like, you know, you probably wouldn't be saying that if you were the one who was driving that night, right. <laughs> you know, literally just doing your job, minding your own business, just driving back, having one of those stupid conversations with your partner that we all have in the middle of the night, like, you know, whatever. Um, yeah. Probably wouldn't be saying that if that was you. So it's, and, but those are the kind of things that it needs to stop. Like that's, it's not, it's not fair. It's okay for me to feel however I feel. I can't help how I feel. I can't help if I have a bad day. I can't help if I, cause I don't sleep. I maybe a couple hours a night. Um, and I can't help if I'm angry that day or, you know, it's like this happened to me right? and I think I'm dealing with it, uh, as best as I can. I mean, I still have my job. I still do my job. I still take care of patients, you know, the best I can, um, I don't let it affect my job in taking care of people. Um, but there are some days that I wake up and I'm like, uh, nope, not today. Like I just can't do it. Right. You know, um, it's important and, and, to recognize too. You know what I mean? Yeah. You to say like, no, that's, that's not happening today. Yep. I just, no, there are days that I'm just like, nope, I just can't. Um, I have migraines. I used to only get a couple of year. Um, since this has happened, they've like really increased. Um, obviously it's just brought on by the stress, whatever. Um, but yeah, I wake up and I'm like, Oh my God, like I can't even open my eyes. And it's like, Nope. Okay. This is just a day that I just have to, stay home um because if i can't even get out of bed then what use am i at work right i'm not you know i i certainly want to wouldn't want to be making life and death decisions um no there are just those days and i i don't take any medication there are sometimes i think i need to um but i haven't it hasn't gotten there yet but right there are times I think that it needs to happen. So Have you ever considered CBD, CBD oil. That's what I use. I use, um, usually put it in the morning. I put it in my coffee cause it doesn't mess with the flavor of the coffee. And at night I just, just take it. <laughs> no, but it's, uh, but I that's how I, that's so I can sleep, you know, cause I, otherwise really? I'll have, I'll have insomnia for sure. And I, mm-hmm. I would assume that's just from years of doing this job and some of that junk buried in there super deep. But 
Yeah, that's what I've been doing. I get it from an agency that's run by a active duty police officer, I think out of South Carolina. So it's all tested and guaranteed. It's not like gas station CBD where it might have trace amounts of THC. This has none. Like I took that okay. stuff one afternoon while working at Swartz. I had just put it, just dosed myself and it's just like a tincture oil. So I just put it like kind of do it like sub Q or uh sublingual mm-hmm. rather. Yeah. And like literally 10 minutes later, the kid that was the, the younger EMT was driving us and he pulled us, he like pulled us into traffic and we got smoked, you know, and we were fine. Mm. And, but it was our policy at Swartz. You have to get drug tested immediately. So we went right back uh-huh. down. I was only about three blocks away and, and like, 25 minutes or so after putting the actual oil in my mouth, they swabbed my mouth and it was clean. Oh. But I was like, oh, okay. I hope this stuff really is, you know, <laughs> like, oh my gosh. But, you know, that's just because no. I don't like, I wouldn't, I don't take like really any other, any medications. But, and I, I don't know that I would want to, yeah. but for as far as being able to sleep at night, that's my go to. So, I don't know. Yeah, even Benadryl doesn't work anymore for me. No? So, no. No. I don't like I that. I wish it did. This is making me, I feel still super sleepy most the next day, anytime I take that. Yeah. Benadryl it is. Mm. No, it usually it never did do that to me, but... I've tried that. I've tried melatonin. Nope. I'm like the with melatonin. I'm like the kids where the Benadryl is the opposite. I take melatonin. I'm like, like crack. I don't know. But I'm just like wide awake. I'm like, <laughs> like wind you up. Do this. But yeah. Anyway, well, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. That's a big. That's a big deal to tell that story. You know. Yeah, I can't even imagine. And I've been doing this. I've been, you know in different countries, not only in the military, but doing mission trips and have had, I've just had that kind of life where I've been around stuff and seen a lot of wild stuff, but I've never, I can't even imagine what that must've been like, you know? So. I thank you. I appreciate the, the invite and I appreciate what you're doing. And I hope that, if anything, just like people know, you know, we're human. Right. Um, Absolutely. That's that. So I will say this before I fully close out. I will say, hey, listen, if you do need help, if you're going through some stuff, you can hit me personally on Facebook Messenger. Or if you, for some reason, somebody I really know and you have my number, call me. If I know you need me, I'll answer. Also, if you need professional help, dial 988 or text 988 and someone will text you back. Just be sure to get help before you before you do anything rash. Get help before you need it. Yeah. And with that, thank you, Freedom Center and Kingdom Builders. We'll see you guys next time.